Tonight is August 7th, 2019. The title of tonight's message is A Good Hill to Die On. This is the second part of the Thousand Generations series. Last Sunday, uh, a couple days ago, we heard a thousand generations and God has more in his sights than what's right in front of us. He calls a shot a thousand generations ahead of time. Amen. And then we had by Nick and Barge. I had that backwards. Elder Barge and Brother Nick. All right, this was redefining the lines. It helped us to understand where we started and where we may have gotten off and God, as we redefine the line and the path that he sets us on. And then in patents of nobility, Eric and Judah told us that with each successive generation, we move away from the ignoble nature of our ancestors and begin to resemble Christ. Amen. But God has been setting up a structure. We're being taught on how to align under the banner. You know, very seldom do we even consider a banner. We see, we see the banner that I'm going to be talking about tonight on both sides of the wall when you come in here. Some of you never even noticed they were there. But they're going to come alive tonight. And it's a part of what God has, has in store for you. <clears throat> you know, the Lord has a prescribed way that he lines up under under the banner, under his word, under his authority, under his direction. And we can look at this in Numbers, uh, verse 52 and 53. It says, Each tribe of Israel will camp in a designated area with his own family banner. But the Levites will camp under the tabernacle of the covenant to protect the community of Israel Israel from the Lord's anger. Uh, That's a comforting thought. You you, you think how important your, your priests are? Those that's in authority over you, between you and God? You might think they're doing nothing, but they're standing between you and the wrath of God. Come on. The Levites are responsible to stand guard around the tabernacle. Every tribe is under the banner, but the Levites are under the banner of the tabernacle itself. Every family, uh, every clan, every tribe has a special calling and a banner that is camped under a place called their own, but we are all under one banner. Okay, so the whole camp of Israel, they were under each tribe, the banner of each tribe. The Levites were under the banner of, of, of God himself. But the whole family of Hebrews were under the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day, they were all under the call of God. We can see this in the Newer Testament in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 4. There when you're there. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. As believers, we're all united under one faith, one spirit, spirit of Jesus Christ. And as a local assembly, we're all united in a common purpose of LCM. And as families, we all have individual giftings and calls. That's our family banner, our mezuzahs. 
at the center of all of it, we should all be united under Christ. We're all going towards the same mission and the same goal because we all have the same spirit and the same Lord. It doesn't matter about physical location. It doesn't matter about your personal calling. It doesn't matter about your personal giftings or talents. We're all headed towards the same goal. We're all united under the same banner. And when you're united, you're united for life. Nothing can separate you from the family when you're under the banner. When you're in the place that God has put you. You know, the Lord, if you are called here to this fellowship, you are called to be under the banner of LCM. Uh, and we're all under the banner of Jesus Christ, right? Now, LCM has a banner, and you can put that up there if you would. And the banner of LCM is one life, one family, one nation at a time. And, and that calling, that's not just words, okay? Our calling is not just to, for LCM leaders, it's not just to insulate you from the wrath of God, although we find ourselves doing that more times than we would like. <laughs> but, but it's to train up disciples and those that walk straight according to the word of God that they can be sent out to duplicate what they see here. Okay, but uh, LCM is under the banner of the one association. And that's one spirit and one body and one kingdom for God. All the families of the one association is under a single purpose of Jesus Christ. And just like God's true church is united under the single purpose, to raise up disciples that we can send out. To stand under a banner means to forever identify yourself with this call. Amen. You know, there can only be but one banner for an army to stand under. If they, if they stand under two or more the one banner, it causes confusion and disunity in its ranks. So, when we declare God as our banner, we must lay down any others that we call our own. Not our own banner. And I'm not talking about laying down your mezuzah. I'm talking about your own ideas of how you accomplish what God has called the one that the banner that you are under. Amen. <clears throat> you know, when we stand under the banner that God placed us under, we stand in faith that God won't fail us. You know, we stand in that faith, and that's why a man can go down in a pit on a snowy day and kill a lion. That's why that man standing on that kind of faith and he knows who he is, he knows what banner he's under, he can stand in the middle of a field with one sword and kill 800 men. You know, even if you die, you still live. Even if you die, you still win because you are in God's perfect will. <clears throat> so ask yourself, and we need to do this regularly, what cause do you rally around that competes with God's primary position in your life? We're going to let you think on that a while. Amen? Amen. So last week, last Wednesday, Nick and Bosch, they walked through Abraham's promises. Can we have that slide? Um, so these are a list of promises given to Abraham. And Abraham and all his sons, though they were separated by time, separated by location, they all had the same call, they had the same promises, and they longed for the same home. 
So Abraham, he was told to go from your country to the land I'm going to show you. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. The Lord will be his shield and reward. His son would be his heir. His descendants would be like stars in the sky. Abraham would be multiplied greatly, a father of a multitude of nations. Nations and kings would come from him, a generational covenant. He'll be given the land of his travels. And he was given the sign of circumcision. All this is a lifetime of revelation. This isn't something that just happened at one point in his life. It was continual and happened over and over again. We can't expect to go to a meeting and you learn about a mezuzah and then you make your mezuzah within 12 minutes and that's the sign that you're going to stand under for the rest of your life. No, this is something we work towards for our entire lives. And we have brothers that are going to stand up behind us and help push us towards that goal. That's why we have pastors that are going to lead the charge That's why we have older brothers that are going to show us by their example. And that call and the promise, it doesn't stop with you. It it starts with you. Amen? Amen. If we look at Genesis 25.5, and I'm going to just highlight that is, Abraham gave, had given all to Isaac. Now Abraham didn't just give him wealth and resources to Isaac. He didn't just pass down his servants and his land and his sheep. Right? There are not too many of us that have any of that stuff to pass down, right? (laughs) He passed down the promise and the purpose and the vision that God called him to. That's much, much more important. Right? And sons were under the same banner. Wherever Isaac is, he had the same purpose as Abraham. And Abraham handed down the promise and the Lord made it known to him. Okay? If we look at Isaac in... um, Genesis 26, 1 through 5. I'm going to just take the highlights of that. He tells him, in verse 2, he says, don't go to Egypt. God ever tell you not to go somewhere? But you thought you knew better? You know, in the end, you end up either sorry you went or going back to zero and starting over. He says, Live in the land I will show you. His offspring will give uh, will be given the land <clears throat> he travels in. After the oath was made to Abraham, applied to him. All of the oath that was made to Abraham applied to Isaac. His offspring will be like the stars in the heavens, and all the nations will be blessed through his offspring. Your obedience today will affect generations tomorrow. This should make us think about every step we make. It should make us think about every decision that we make. You know, when we come through a battle and we're crying out to God, Help! (laughs) And He does. Okay? The next time we come up against the enemy, we act like we're the one. We were the one that that beat the guy in the first place. So we don't seek God. Right? But if we're going in the direction God calls us to, every step we make affects the generation behind us. All nations will be blessed through your offspring. It was Isaac. Now, in Genesis... It says, Genesis 26, 3, 
sojourn in the land, in this land, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and to your offspring I will give these lands, and will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham your father. So Abraham passed down his family banner, and the Lord established the oath. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's keep going. Let's go to Genesis 28, starting verse 1. Let's see what happened from Isaac to Jacob. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him. Then he commanded him, do not marry a Canaanite woman. Let's go to verse 4. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings and that God, that God gave to Abraham. Isaac hands down the family vision to Jacob, just like Abraham handed down the family vision to Isaac. Isaac gave everything to Jacob. Don't forget what we're called to do, son. Don't forget who we are, son. Don't forget our purpose. And this is Jacob's inheritance. He taught his son about the promises the Lord had for them as a family, but Jacob still had to experience it for himself. In Genesis 28, 10 through 15. Jacob left Beersheba and and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there the night because the sun had set. Taking one stone of the place and he put it under his head and laid down in the, to, to sleep. And, a, and he had a dream and behold there was a ladder that set up on the earth. I guess if I had a rock under my head, I would have a dream too. <laughs> but I'm sure there's a significance of this foundation that he, he set up here. Right? This, this altar that he set. This is where he met with God. And the top of, of it, the ladder, <laughs> reached to the heavens. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, that's what that rock was there for. It was a boundary stone, a marker, right? The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall appear, you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and in, and in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. All the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will will not leave you until I have done all that I promise you now the Lord appeared to Abraham and the Lord appeared to Isaac but the heavens of gate appeared to Jacob you know <laughs> The promise that was given to Abraham and Isaac is given to Jacob. Now, the stars in the heavens, the offspring like the dust is an addition. All families and nations shall um, spread through the earth is an addition to the promise. You know, when God gives you a promise and he sets you under a banner and we raise up uh, 
uh, godly offspring, we raise up disciples, they're going to go further, yeah. right? Yeah. And they're going to grasp hold even greater things than they have. Amen. Now, Abraham received a revelation, and he taught his sons everything he could. Now, Isaac set out to start his own family, but eventually received the same revelation. That's kind of like redefining the line, right? Amen? Then Isaac taught Jacob about the promise, and Jacob went out, and he started his family, and eventually Jacob received the same revelation. So, we can train up a child in the way that he should go and we help them get started on that direction. But God has to keep him in check every now and then, right? <laughs> because we come to a point where we definitely have to realize that God is in control. When we're out of control. You know... What does this look like today? Well, in our life, Joellen and I were married in 1972. Just in a little under two weeks, we will have been married 47 years. But in 1974, we came to the Lord. And we begin our walk. And just like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we set out to do what we knew right before the Lord. <clears throat> we raised our children. And we taught our children to the best we could, according to what we understood in the Word, to go forward and live and to serve God. <clears throat> And in, as they went out one by one, they started on their own path, trying to find their own direction. Now, we found ourselves with an empty nest. That's not always bad, but it, <laughs> after you raise a house full of kids, it's kind of strange. But God directed us here. Just like God directed Abraham, God gave the vision to uh, Isaac and Jacob, God led us here. And what it caused us to do as our biological family went out, it caused us to reunite with our spiritual sons here at LCM. You know, and when we got here, it was kind of interesting, but to see but to see what to see what God was building upon the foundation that we helped lay. And what we found was a fellowship, a family, a local fellowship. Right? But since 2011, We've seen that local fellowship go from a local to a national fellowship. We've seen it go from a national to an international fellowship. And you know, when we came here, God, God stirred up a vision that he gave us in 1993 for this ministry. You know, at the time... We tried to interpret it in our own flesh, and we tried to put all kind of things to it. But, but a lot of you in here know the vision about the arm of God. And since we've been here, we can see that it is just now coming to pass. Some of the things that God showed us so many years ago. And so... And when, when we begin to look at the vision of the arm, 
It talked about uh, the arm is made up from the many bodies in the fellowship. The arm of the Lord is burning across the land. And there's a, a, a man standing before the arm blowing a trumpet, beckoning all to come. And as we got here, we begin to see that unfold and that happening. And it says in the, the vision, as the arm, as he blew the trumpet and the arm began to move, faster and faster did the arm move, and larger and larger did the arm grow in the might of the Lord. And then the man opened his eyes that were blowing the trumpet, and he saw others around him that were blowing the trumpet as well. And then the one association was born. <clears throat> you see, what God trained up, what God trains up, he directs. All he wants us to be is obedient and faithful under what he put us in. But we have a tendency to either get comfortable or to get um, or wanting something more, something more than what is. To get out of God's will. But we are to stay in the banner. And let me tell you, if, if, if you don't feel like your life is going the way God ordered it to be, why don't you just do what the Word tells you to do and love on your brother a little bit and help him find his mezuzah and help him reach his calling. Amen? Yeah. That's what the One Association is doing for the churches. And as they grow up, as, as the disciples grow up and the churches grow larger, uh, don't be surprised if some of them will pass you up. I see some of these competitive guys rising up when I'm saying this in here, but, but that's not, that's what we, that's what we have been doing since we've been in walking with the Lord. You're training up people that can take our place, but go further. Amen. You know, there's churches in the one association. That's going to do things, kind of take the lead in, in, in some areas other than LCM. I know we don't always want to admit that because it's fun to poke at each other, you know, and pride each other on. But I'm not saying that doesn't mean they're better than us. What that means is they have a different direction. They have a different input that causes what we're doing to go further. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so we. As, as the body of Christ are to support that. As they move under their banner. We have a saying around here, here that I need my brother and my brother needs me and that we'll die for his vision. And that's what that means. <clears throat> Look, even though the vision, we showed you how the vision's passed down from father to son, even though that happens and Abraham teaches Isaac what our call is as a family what the vision is, what the purpose is. Even though Isaac teaches Jacob, it's still each generation's responsibility to build upon that previous revelation, to receive their own revelation. Isn't there a difference between being told something and discovering it for yourself? Oh, it's, it's good to be told something. It's better to discover it for yourself. Because when you discover it for yourself then maybe you're actually ready to go and do it. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to go to verse 4. We're going to see how this revelation is expanding from generation to generation. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and the prophets by the Spirit. They had something that Abraham could not imagine. They had something that Isaac 
could not imagine. That King David could not imagine. Abraham sitting and thinking, this is about my family. But the Lord told him, no, it's not about your family. This is about nations. Jacob is thinking, this is about a dispute between brothers. And he said, no, it's not about a dispute between brothers. This is about you invading the whole earth. Let's keep reading. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Look, men disconnected by time, by location, they all received the same promise. And they all showed the same obedience. They were all dedicated to passing what they had received to the next generation. And they all received their own revelation. How about you? Are you going to receive your own revelation? Are you going to just rely on Pastor Eric to give you it all? No. Because what God is going to do throughout the generations is going to be something we can't even imagine today. That's right. We have to have high expectations. Look, so the God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob can also be your God at the same time, irrelevant of distance, irrelevant of time, because God is the God of the living. Amen. Now, the first generation lays the foundation. The second generation builds the house. Now, Caleb and I talked about that the last time we shared about sons. But each generation after that is supposed to add to the house. Our sights have been set on more than right now. What impact we are going to have in the generations to come. So, he's, he's saying that the foundation is laid. Then, the son builds the house. And then, the next generation comes in and adds to the house so he can bring in his family. And the house begins to grow. And as the Lord says that uh, in his father's house, there are many rooms. Jesus went to prepare a place. That's what we're talking about here. Amen. We're talking about adding to the father's house with the family of God. Amen. Amen? Now, in Jeremiah 29, that's one of my favorite you hear me say that every time I share. Jeremiah 29, verse 4 through 6. This says the Lord of hosts, God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat the produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your, your, uh, your daughters in marriage. That they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply and do not decrease. <laughs> Multiply. What does that have to do with us? Right? The truth is that we're all in exile. None of us is in the promised land, right? If we are, I quit right now. Of course not. <clears throat> that he wants us to build the house. And you see where he says, um, Mary... And take wives for your sons and your daughters. They're going to build onto that house. Amen? He says, plant gardens and eat the produce of it. What are you planting? You're planting what God has given you. And you're feeding others on the fruit of it. The first generation 
are always strangers in a strange land. I think about the guys that are going to go to Turkey. Who do you know in Turkey? Just a couple people. You're a stranger in a strange land. You make a home where there is no home. You lay a foundation to build on. There's no way you're going to be able to do it in one generation. You can't take a whole nation in one generation. But they begin the work. The second generation, they're children of promise. They see the first. They see the nobility of their walk and their cause. They see the shortcomings. And they're able to improve upon the house. They're able to finish building what they started. They don't decrease, but they increase. The third, look, think about the third generation. Think about the third generation. They're native to the promise. All they've ever known is the promise. They don't know anything else but the promise. They've only seen right examples. And they can do what the first generation never even imagined was possible. Each generation builds. The first generation lays the foundation. The second generation builds. And that third generation is supposed to expand the house. Amen. In John 14, 2. And I touched on this just a moment ago. In my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? You see, he goes to prepare a place to add on to the father's house to take his family. Now here at LCM and even before, we have always sought after fruit that lasts. We've never been in, uh, we've never been interested in numbers. All right? If you're here because you like large churches, you're not here. (laughs) Those who are coming after us will go further. They'll do greater things than us. Other churches may go ahead of us. And we'll start churches and missionaries around the world. That's the vision. That's the hope. That's the banner that we're under. One family. One one what is what is one life, one family, and one nation. At a time. Right? But it's up to all of us here. All of us here to help one another find his calling and help him indirect into his purpose or to our purpose. And not just this fellowship, but all of one association. In Hebrews 11, 13 to 16. These all died in the faith. Not having received the things promised, but having seen them at, at having seen them and jeered from them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers in exile on earth. Sometimes we gotta admit where we are. Get us out of our comfort zone, right? For people who speak Thus make it clear that they are are seeking a homeland. And if they had been thinking of the land from which they had gone out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desired the better country. It is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to call them that they are his God. And he has prepared for them a city. Now, God speaks to us 
in the scriptures. God spoke to us in a vision from years ago. But he also speaks to us today in a prophecy. And I want to share with you a prophecy from Sunday morning. I'm going to read this, but I can't read it like Eric said it. So, am I the Lord only nearby? Am I not far away? Is this what you think of me? For I see the end from the beginning, says the Lord. I declare a thing before it happens. I call it into being. Am I not the master of your future? Am I not the I am, the I was, and the I will be? I have declared for you what your target must be, and I will hit that target. But you must trust me, and you must step when I step. You must move when I say move, and I am in you to move you to do my will, says the Lord. Look, these strangers, they saw promises from afar. None of us really get to experience fully the fulfillment of these promises in our generation. But it's in faith that we live and we endure and we fight for our inheritances. We're all pilgrims in exile in a land not our own. But we're looking for a heavenly home. Look, Caleb was promised a hill. And he fought for it. Even though he was 85 years old. He said, you know what Moses said to me. And I'm going to take that hill. I know there are giants there, but I'm going to take it anyway. In fact, where are the biggest giants? Send me to that hill. That's where the best land is. David, he saw a giant and said, hey, if nobody else wants this glory, I'll take it. Benaiah saw a lion in a pit and he jumped in after it. Esther saw her people about to be annihilated and said, I'll take the chance to save them. Isaiah heard the call, who will go? And he said, here I am, Lord, send me. You've got a promise. You've got a call. And we're all united together with one purpose, under one spirit, under a unified banner. And are you going to be the one to take hold of it? Amen. Are you going to be the one to fight for your hill? Will you be the one to die for it? For your children and your children's children so that they can take it further than you could ever take it. Are you going to be the church that says, send me? Hey, I want to do something special. Henry, come up. Come on, buddy. Stand right here. Show him your muscles. All right. Hey, Henry, what are you scared of? Nothing. That's right. That's right. Hey, you've got to choose a hill to die on because it's a good hill to die on. What has the Lord promised you? Where has the Lord placed you? Because we rush up a hill to fight, to take enemy territory. But we don't take it for ourselves. We take it for the ones behind us. G.K. Chesterton said, The true soldier fights not because he hates what is in front of him, but because he loves what is behind him. We don't leave an inheritance of money or land or things. We've spent all those. We leave an inheritance of fight. We leave an inheritance of a fighting spirit. A spirit that already decided I won't stop. The answer was already yes. Doesn't matter the obstacles. Here I am. Send me. And... God, as he calls us together, and he redirects us and he strengthens us. (laughs) As we united, Joel and I, back with LCM and our spiritual brothers here. God and, and, and our 
biological family is, is out there trying to push through and find God for them. Just like God spoke to Abraham and to Isaac and redefined the lines, God spoke to my family in Tennessee, my family in El Paso and Louisiana and redirected them here to be under the banner of LCM, to be under the word and the training according to the word of God. Now, what's going to happen from here? As they redefine the line. They're going to jump higher. They're going to go further. And they're going to go a whole lot straighter than they originally set out on. They're going to reach places that old man Brown never could see. (laughs) Never could imagine. But it has to be under the faith and the call and the direction of God. And so we're excited to have him here. We have all our family in one place. Amen? Amen. In Hebrews 11, 39. These were all the commands of their faith. Commended for their faith, I'm sorry. Yet none of them achieved what, what they had been promised. Since God has planned something better for us so that... Only together with us would they be made perfect. Together. Amen? Chapter 12, verse 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on what's in front of us. Fixing our eyes on the goal and the purpose of God. Not on the circumstances that's around us. That's just temporary. The pioneer and the perfecter, uh, the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Now, what I've heard a lot of things about what held Jesus to the cross. It was his love. It was his. It was what he could see on the other side of death. He could see his father's house with many rooms. Okay? They weren't, he could, what he, when he saw them, they weren't empty. They were filled with the saints. They were filled with those that had a promise because he laid down his life. He gave his life and died on the hill. Jesus only had one answer. For God. And that was yes. No matter what the question was, it was yes. You need to practice that word, all right? <laughs> and he gave it all. He gave he gave all to receive all. Let's go to Revelation twenty one. This will be our last scripture for the night. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. 
He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. This is the joy that was set before Him. This was the home that Abraham was longing for. This was the vision of Jacob, of heaven kissing earth. This is the place we're aimed. No tears, no death, no pain, because when we were here, no tears or death or pain could stop us. And from generation to generation, this is our promise. We give ourselves up so that others can experience with us. We sacrifice, we toil, we work, and sometimes it feels like it's for nothing. But our eyes are on a heavenly goal, an eternal blessing for generations. And you have to decide. You have to decide, is your answer already yes? Has your answer been maybe? Maybe, Lord, I'll do it. If these circumstances line up. No! Lord will go anywhere. Lord will do anything. Lord, we give all already. Sacrifice. Fight. Struggle. That will be our legacy. That will be our inheritance that we pass down. And it's going to be worth it. We are going to see nations changed. Stand to your feet. Father God. We thank you for the task set before us, Lord God. We thank you for the vision. We thank you for the word. And the sacrifice that's set before us. We thank you for those that have gone before us and laid down their lives for the gospel. For the generations that we're in and for the generations that are to come. Lord God, truly, truly you'll direct our path. Father God, we pray for that hunger. That hunger, Lord God, not only to reach the lost, Lord God, but to reach the generations beyond the lost, beyond those that's alive today. Lord God, that we can help straight the path, Lord God, for those that come behind us. Lord God, that your fire, your fire and your light shine through us. Jesus' name.